Hi, this is Danielle Prada, the host of Sip in Soma, a podcast where I chat with inspirational people from South Orange and Maplewood, New Jersey, who are connecting, collaborating, and contributing to our communities. Check out the podcast on the web at sipinsoma.com, on Instagram, and on Facebook. I look forward to chatting with you soon. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, everyonelovespiano.com, and our composer, Russell Olash, who composed our theme music. Check out everyonelovespiano.com for all of your piano needs and fashion items like jewelry and t-shirts to proclaim your love of piano to the world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sippin' Soma. It's officially here. I'm launching with the first episode, and I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I am truly a connector. I love to tell people about the wonderful events that are happening in South Orange and Maplewood. And I love to get people to meet each other and share or introduce some of the wonderful people that I know in our two towns. So I'm really excited because a couple of weeks ago, I attended the Chuckle Patch show and I kept telling people about it. And some people were saying that they hadn't even heard about it. It was just another great reason to talk to my first guests, Abby Scher and Molly Reisner from Scratch and Sniff Productions. This awesome comedy duo has brought you Roll Call in South Orange and is now producing the Chuckle Patch in Maplewood. They are truly amazing women who are bringing comedy to our two towns. I asked Abby and Molly about their friendship, the challenges of working together, how they find their awesome collaborators in their show, and what they love about our towns. So I'm really excited to bring you this interview with Molly and Abby. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited that I'm here with Molly and Abby today. They're from Scratch and Sniff Productions, and they're going to introduce themselves. I'm Abby Schur. And I'm Molly Reisner. And we're talking to them because they're from South Orange and Maplewood, and we're talking about... We're actually both from Maplewood. Yeah. I live in Maplewood. We both live in Maplewood, yeah. Cool. So I want to talk about, like, how do you guys... How long have you lived here? And how did you guys get start working together? Because I know you from the Chuckle Patch, right. which is seriously so much fun. So why don't you guys tell us about yourselves a little bit? We found each other. We were both on parole. No. We were, <laughs> um, we were at Jenny Turner's writing group in her basement that she had. And um, you weren't there, but Elizabeth Trundle was there. Oh, right. And I read, I wrote something and read it, and it was intended to be humorous, and it it was, uh, people laughed, which was nice, and Elizabeth was like, oh, I'm producing a stand-up show at Scotty's, because she'd taken a stand-up comedy class there, local uh, comedy place, and um, she's like, do you want to be on my show? And I was like, yeah, I had not done stand-up in seven years. And I was dying to get back onto it. So I really felt like I the secret manifested this. And I time, I'm like, it's happening! I'm putting the energy out there and it's coming back! And you were on the show. And you lit all your candles. And I, I, I peeped you around town. And I remember noticing you at the Cedar Ridge Bakery. Yay! And I was wearing their shirt. And, Shout and, out. And I admired your spunky... Uh, fashion and your fanny pack and I also wear a fanny pack so yes. I felt like this is someone interesting I'm curious about this woman but I didn't know you and I was gonna be like oh Molly but then it just turned out you're on the show so again synchronicity there was, there was yeah the universe answer I was I was praying for a friend named Molly <laughs> but yeah I think Elizabeth and I did um 
Hmm, I don't remember what we did together. And she said, oh, oh, maybe we did a Studio B show. And um, afterwards, we got together and we're like, we need more comedy in this town. And we started planning out this night at Scotty's. And I had never done stand-up before. And I told her I would try it. (laughs) Um, Because I come from, like, an improv background. So I kind of just say yes and then get myself in a lot of trouble. Um, That's so improv, yes and. Yes and. Yes anding life. And so I yes anded her idea. And then I yes anded the idea that I could do stand-up. And I brought on, like, way too many props on stage. You had a lot of candy. I had a lot of props. <laughs> like 13 songs. I was, yeah. I was really... You try to remember, like, all these extinct species. Yeah, I memorized all the endangered species in the world at that moment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And um, I remember laughing so hard at your at your joke about laying back on the couch. And that's... and Slowly dying. And slowly dying, <laughs> yeah. yes. Thank and you. that's why I was like, I need to know that. <laughs> Yeah. That's so awesome. So so it's funny because I'm going to talk about how I know you, Abby. Mm. We met at the pool. Before Zumba? Um, <laughs> that's that's the other way we meet. <laughs> Did we meet at Zumba or the pool? It will forever right. now be a question mark. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're doing or Zumba we in the pool. Other- <laughs> <laughs> that's how I meet people. I meet people at the pool. At the pool. I meet them at Cedar Ridge. Mm-hmm. And I meet people at Viva Z. Well, when Viva Z was on Springfield Avenue, that's how we met. It was so awesome. But then we talked at the pool, but it was so funny. I didn't even know that you did comedy until I saw you at a Studio B show. Oh. And then you had all your puppets. I had puppets. <laughs> I'm sure I did. Another I thing like, that I promised that I would do that I made up. And one friend was like, do you, are you a puppeteer? I was like, no, but I have a puppet. <laughs> The difference. There's a difference. Yeah. P.S. P.S. There's a difference. Tell us what the difference is. Well, you like need to know. You need to remember to move your hand up and down. That's like, true. Yeah. My like, kids are always like, "But wait, they're not talking." Right. You're talking, I'm mommy. Talking. It's, oh, yeah. Because so it takes some it. practice. Mm-hmm. But I remember that show, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I want to know Abby better." And then all of a sudden, you started doing the chuckle patch. So, how did you guys? So okay, you met. You loved each other. You stalked each other a little bit. How did you start working together? I think to create a comedy experience in town since yeah. Abby came from improv. I had a stand-up background. Elizabeth uh, does storytelling. And so we committed to doing a monthly show at Rickleton's, which is now South Mountain Tavern uh, in South Orange. And we did that for, like, I don't know, about a year and a half, a monthly show. Yeah. How did that go? It was really fun. It was a crash course in producing. Yeah. Like, neither Molly nor I, if I can speak for you, which Please. I will, um, neither of us have, like, a producing bone in our bodies. Um, so Elizabeth was definitely the real source of production there, and, like... And she would go out to the city and, like, go on shows and meet new talent, and so she was really scouting and scouring and bringing in new faces for the show. Yeah. And so it was really fun. It was always a scramble the last week because we'd be like, oh, we have a month to figure it out. <laughs> and, then, and then we'd be like, Elizabeth, can you go scout some more? <laughs> she has older kids, so we would like yeah. send her out. <laughs> you have time. <laughs> um, so we did it for over a year, yeah. And I, I don't even think we repeated that many performers. We would have like... yeah. And then we also made a commitment uh, <sighs> to do new, new material every month, which was an yeah. exciting creative challenge. Don't wow. Hard. Yeah. It was fun. I did not always adhere to it, but I tried. <laughs> How did you guys... So 
first of all, Chuckle Patch, I feel like, is the manifestation of you learning so much because it was so. so tight. The one I saw on Saturday felt so tight, like all your people together, your little skits with each other, the emceeing, I felt like it was really, well, just so you know, from an outsider who who loves comedy and is a producer and watches all that stuff, I felt like... You should have seen us trying to figure out the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Does this show up or down? (laughs) Call Elizabeth! (laughs) So, how did you, like, when you were doing every month new material, how did you, like, do that? What was your process for that? Um, I have a very old school process. I mean, I, I'll try anything. So I'm not saying I had great material. Um, <laughs> I would definitely um, try to write, like, I just write lists every day. So I would write, like, you know, 20 things that make me angry. And then the next day, 20 things, um, you know, 20 things that smell bad. or tw- You know, and I would just go through it and then mad dash the week before to like craft them into jokes or stories of some sort. That's so cool. Is that like a daily practice? Like an hour, you have an hour set aside every day. Listen, I'm trying to schedule my life as a person who's an, yeah. you know, an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I'm always looking for like what's your habit oh that I can learn. List. I don't know that you can see it on air, but um, <laughs> look, like today I have to do 20 things that make me angry and 20 quizzes that I would love to like makeup. Oh, that's awesome. the first thing that I have to do. Twenty quizzes. Maybe yeah, we like, can help you with that and come up with one. Like how many people in Congress have slept with Bob Mueller or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. How many would that be? I don't know. But I'm gonna find out. And I'm gonna make a quiz about it. <laughs> it's fun. And what about you, Mom? Um, my creative process. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is PG-13. <laughs> uh, I just get, ins- I get uh, inspired just by little things, feelings. Um, just I just try to take note of something interesting and, and flesh it out later. I literally just talk to myself. Are you in, in like, a, a meditative state when you do yeah, this? Yeah. Usually it's a meditative state where just, like, the flow is happening, and I'm just making connections I, that I wouldn't normally make when I'm just in my regular day-to-day life because I don't, don't let my brain expand. So yeah, it's just like brain expansion meditation time is some of it. And then I'll just, I'll talk to myself in the shower when I'm washing my hair. I'll be like just adding new lines or like, oh, that's funny or practicing from the mirror. It's just, I can't even explain it. It's kind of organic and um, it's that creative flow that sometimes people talk about where you're just kind of like, you're just doing it and um recording it and and revising it and practicing and then revising again it's just a big conversation really i'm having with myself that that i share on stage eventually (laughs) once i feel like it's the way i want it to be so when you you say you record things i know for me one of the things i do is voice journaling i call it when Mm. i take my voice memos on my iphone and i just in the car put my headphones in and pretend i'm having a conversation on the phone and just basically, I mean, that's what it's like, you know, Super talk sweet. to myself, mm-hmm. pretend I'm having a podcast, yes. which yes. now I am. Yay! Yes. So it's my vision board. I love the secret. Totally. Totally with universe. you on that. Thank you, universe. So do you record using video? Do you record using um, audio? I don't usually record because I hate listening to my voice. I hate watching performances, but I'll just like more like just with myself in the mirror and then I'll take notes when a line comes out that I think is funny and then I'll add that in and like revise my script and yeah so I don't usually really record my voice and listen to it because it's 
uh, I find it very irritating to listen to my own voice. But yeah, a lot of mirror work. Yeah. In the basement, I have my full-length mirror. I pretend I'm at, it's the show. I try to slow down, try to hear where the laughs might be. But it's you never know what it's going to be live. So it's just, you know, it's practice. And you never know what, how it's really going to turn out. But that's part of the excitement. So... That's um, so cool. Yeah, just it's a big experiment, I think. <laughs> what is it? Can I? I just had to ask because you talked about getting the laughs. What is it like when you're on stage and you thought a laugh was going to be there, or you were, <laughs> oh, you or you were, that. or you were kind of shocked that they're laughing at something? Well, you, yeah, I mean, when you get a surprise laugh, you're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I never go laugh there. But like, I had that joke Saturday night, like, oh, my cat meows a lot. I guess you could say he meows ad meowsium. The whole crowd was like, growl! <laughs> and then I was like, F you all! And I got a big laugh, and that was fun. So I'm like, okay, save the joke. Yeah, that I was a great response. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so, fantastic. But, you know, sometimes had, we had such a supportive audience, and yeah, yeah and that, you kind of felt like you could do no wrong, which was great. But I've been in front of audiences that aren't as friendly, and then you really feel like you're, you're going downhill quick. You're like, ah, I'm losing my confidence, but I can't show them that. <laughs> I have no perspective also like I am a horrible person I love going to shows but I'm a horrible um, audience member because I'm always like I only hear silence like I don't right. I don't hear what's working a lot I know what's working um, for the performers but I don't know what's working in the audience so I have no perspective on that and I'll be up on stage whether it bomb, whether I bomb or whether it's going really well, I will come off terrified. Like I, yet I just don't have, I don't have my ears are not picking it up. Really, so, you can sit next to me hard. and I'll be like, they love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll elbow you. I'll jab well, I think you. As a performer, too, you're so self-critical and you hear those silences so much oh, more than yeah. the laughs. And yeah. then all you do is remember the silences and not, you know. Yeah. So it's. It's hard to feel like you did a great job when you come off, even if you did do a good job. I right. Don't know. <laughs> My only experience with stand-up comedy is back to school nights when I was a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and I kid you not, because I would treat it like a performance. I mean, you're yeah. getting up there, you're telling families, I'm going to be your child's teacher. Yeah. I can be serious. But I'm so much fun, and right. they're going to love school, and that's going to be great. And then... You know, I th- I would throw in little things like that, and when they wouldn't laugh, it was so You're like, bombing. Oh, <laughs> like, wait, no, <laughs> you're my audience for the next 180 days. You have to think I'm funny. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my only experience. Um, so, what I was going to ask you about is your work with the past, the recent Chuckle Patch, and how you found your performers. Because they were not only just, by the way, stellar job to you or whomever did that. But you also interacted with them so beautifully. Like, it seemed like y'all were friends. Oh, well, that's Molly. That's all Molly. <laughs> uh, no. Molly was emceeing and, like, really appreciated everybody that came up on stage verbally. Thank you. Yes. Oh, yeah. You got to you gotta show your your castless love and, and, and make the audience know that you are excited about the person coming up. And they are. They're all truly great. So yeah. it wasn't hard to do. Yeah, we got to pump everyone up. We brought some people in from... We brought um, Donish and Sally Ann from the city. From the city. I know, Donish doesn't, actually doesn't live in the city, but we brought them from elsewhere. Right. And everyone else was local. So yeah. much Soma talent. I love that. Yeah. There's some super Soma silly. Sis, sis. We're just tapping into it. Abby, you were, like, actually on stage with a couple performers. How did you guys... 
like craft your yeah, ideas. Yeah, that was very fun. So Lulu is um, this local gem that uh, does improv, and we came from um, a couple of the same theaters in the city. Although I haven't played with her until I guess a week before Chuckle Patch, we went. Uh, we're now doing an improv group out of Montclair with some imports from Chicago and New York. And um, you should plug that. It's, yeah. yeah. It's called Montclair Improv Comedy. All right. And it's the last Thursday of every month at Just Jake's in Montclair. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's super silly fun. And, and it's free. And it's free. What? Yeah. I'm totally writing that down. Free. <laughs> and it's a really sweet venue, too. Like, it's the back of... It's a different room in the bar, so you don't hear all the hubbub. Um, but you could order dinner and drinks. Yeah. And they're very... So cool. It's, it's just really, really fun. It reminds me of old school days of, like, doing improv in the back of a bar in Hyde Park, Chicago. It was very, very fun. So, that's a long way of saying Lulu and I have admired... Well, I've admired her for a while. I didn't get to perform with her, though, until, like, just a week ago. But I knew that she had the same sensibility. And so we just... Like, she suggested a game, I suggested a game, and we just played them. And then Kate, who's another local superstar, um, I, cornered, I cornered her in the doctor's office. And I was like, we we're both waiting and feeling like, I don't know what she was dealing with medically, but I know what I was feeling. And I was like, do you want to do a musical improv? And she's like, okay. And then they're we like, Abigail, you can come in for your appointment now. Bye. <laughs> and that was it. And then we... It doesn't sound like real hardcore cornering. It, it was. like you're, like, basically on your well, deathbed. you're your weakest yeah. moment. Yeah. It was like oh. last wish. <laughs> I was like, I might not have all my organs when we perform. Um, and then we met twice, and I was like, I want to learn the ukulele. Will you sing this song with me? And then we... Um, and we came up with an idea for how to, like, get a suggestion and make a song. And so we did that. We did actually have another one, but because of time, we had to we had to cut it short. But she's just dreamy to work with. She's like, uh, it, she, yeah, she'll just go along with anything. She's an improv. Kate queen. Nichols, yes, and she does sketch and stand up too. And yeah, she, she, she does, did a stand up set. Yeah, show, she just yeah. shows all over New Jersey. Don't worry, I've already cornered her. She's gonna be on my podcast. Uh, <laughs> okay. If you go to the doctor's office, you can get her to do anything. <laughs> Kate, we're coming for you. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you guys about some of your experiences with comics or people that you've worked with where it didn't go that great. Like where you had some challenges and maybe you noticed, even if you're emceeing and you have to go on after somebody's just bombed, like how do you handle that? Or yeah, maybe you thought it was going to go well and didn't. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely bombed... Uh... A few times, and, and then I had to go on after her. Which <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, just enjoy my whole talking about my whole like stand-up experience, and it's just. I mean, I don't know about how it feels for performers to go on after me after I bomb if I bomb, um, but it's hard because you have to bring the energy back up, and then you as yeah. a performer, if you didn't do well, it feels like terrible. You feel like, why am I doing this? I'm never going to mm. perform again. And in fact, that's kind of what precipitated me taking such a long break is because I kind of started like 
having a little more success in the New York City scene, and it was, like, exciting, but then I was kind of, like, doing bigger, like, showcases and stuff, and, like, I did this Comedy Central so- showcase, and I, like, it did not go great, and I, why am I even here? You know what I mean? Like, I just felt so bad, and I just kind of retreated, which isn't, like, a great response, but that was my response, and I retreated and stopped doing it for seven years, basically. Um, so, it's powerful. Yeah, it's really powerful, and, and it's, um, I mean, I think I definitely uh, the whole day leading up to a show I convinced myself that like well I could just get into like a really tiny bike accident and not be able to perform <laughs> I don't know I feel the same way I'm like I could be really sick have the flu if someone might die like I'm just gonna have to emcee the show Saturday right. there might just be like a really <laughs> small fire in my pants you know, like and I just can't come um and that's like leading every moment up into to the stage. I'm surprised you get nervous because you have such a huge history of performing regularly, touring. Yeah, well, I think the more, that's the hard part. It's like, when I was doing it, uh, I I did it, you know, at some point I was doing like 10 shows a week when I was in Chicago. So there's no time to get that nervous because like, you're like, well, whatever, there's going to be another one in two hours. But when I'm only performing once a month or, like, once every three months... There's um, more stakes. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's, like, everything that I would have felt for one night, like, times... It builds up. Yeah. It builds up. Yeah. What was, like, the defining moment where you were like, no, I want to do this? And, like, what's the commitment like doing that with kids and in Maplewood? So there's two questions. Like, how did you decide, like, this is what I'm going to do no matter what, even if I'm poor? <laughs> or even if, or maybe you didn't decide that. I'm maybe so you're rich. rich. Did I? Did I tell you how rich I am? I don't know if I can count all my money on the well, air. Well, now we're like insanely rich after Chuckle Patch, right? Chuckle Patch, we're like I wiped like, my like, butt with a hundred dollar bill Chuckle today. <laughs> oh my god! I guess for the people. We did, did you get another gold like, tooth since I last? That's <laughs> <laughs> it's monogram. Just the <laughs> CP Chuckle Patch. Mm. You want to field that one? Um, so, I, but I kind of think of my stand-up, I don't know if I call it a career, but whatever, hobby, passion, in two sections. So it's my New York City, where I started, and then did it, like, hardcore for, for probably about five years. And then, as I said, I took a very long break, <laughs> hiatus, um, and returned to it in Maplewood. Um, and the reason why I returned to it is because I was very disgruntled with myself and feeling like pent up creativity um for performing and for having this joke telling outlet and I was actually had been dreaming I was having these like consistent dreams where I was on stage telling jokes I mean how lame is that (laughs) that's so awesome dreams are so (laughs) mysterious uh p.s no they're not it's very clear I wanted to get back on the stage were you wearing sparkly pants (laughs) yeah my pants and the crowd was going crazy As I said, I went to, I met Elizabeth and mm-hmm. was invited to do the show. And that really was the catalyst for me re-entering. And yeah, I mean, I have small kids, but I mean, I'm not going into the city every night doing comedy. That's something I would, in my dreamland, I could maybe do one day when they're mm-hmm. a little older, but it's you not. To dream so it. we make it happen now, you know, yeah. we make it happen in town when we can. And, and it's not just performing. Hopefully there'll be other ways and 
to express, you know, the jokes, movie writing, podcasts, videos, all that stuff. The jokesters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a not voluntary hiatus, involuntary hiatus, but I mean, it was voluntary. Well, I started out, um, in Chicago. I went to school in Chicago and then I, uh, get lured into the improv world there. Um, and I loved it. And I did, uh, improv Olympic and second city. And then I got hired by second city. So at, at some point in my life, I was, um, literally earning insurance by performing, which was like the nice. highlight of everything. Um, I mean, I love birthing kids that don't get me wrong, but, um, yeah. So then I toured with them for two and a half years and I, and I got to tour all over the country and I loved it. And that was sketch comedy and improv. And then I was on the resident stages where you get to write your own shows, like with a group. So I have super famous friends who I performed with, um, and then they went off and became famous, and, um, and Lauren Michaels came and was like, nah, not that kid, <laughs> and, um, and... You auditioned for SNL? Well, they come, and so they you watch, watch show, and, they and they'll be like, oh, he's scout. on the bench tonight, right, yeah, right, right. and you're like, thanks, because now I just poop my pants, yeah. and, but I'll go on stage and just pretend nothing's <laughs> Um, so hard. Oh my gosh. So, so yeah, that would hard. happen. And then you get to a certain point at Second City where you've like written shows, you've done everything that you can do at those stages, and you're like, well, I either stay here until everybody's sick of me, or I try to move on. Yeah. Um, and I went to L.A. for a hot minute, um, and it was just not right for me. And it was just... Like, it just did a number on my head. You know, yeah. like, I couldn't fit in like there. Like, for pilot season? Yeah. I did a showcase that also bombed, you know, one of those things. Um, and then I came back to New York. And I came back to New York, and um, five days later, my mom passed away. So okay. I was not ready to, like, start auditioning and being somebody in New York. Yeah. And I really... Felt like it took me a couple of years to like figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to be funny again. In the meantime, I started writing a lot, and I would only get published writing really dark things. So I was like, I used to be funny, <laughs> <laughs> but writing has been amazing for me because I've like slowly been able to write things that are a little bit funnier and get out my creative juices that way. But I never found a good way to be on stage and be, f like, have fun again. Like, I'd go to some improv clubs and do stuff like that in the city. But then I started pushing out babies, and you can't do that when, you know, like, I remember dragging my, I guess my oldest, I remember dragging her to, like, voiceover auditions. And I just hand her to somebody in the waiting room and be like, <laughs> be right back. <laughs> and somebody, I think an agent, finally, yeah, was like, how long do you plan on doing this? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's very humbling. Yeah. But I'm so grateful to have a venue to play again. That's so great. So how long ago did it start in up at Maplewood? How long did you start working? We started a roll call in, mm, I don't know, years. thousand. Let's say... 16? Yeah, let's say that. <laughs> I think like a so. year and a half. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And then Chuckle Patch... We like did one in December. December 2017. 
And now we're in 2018, y'all. Yeah, and now people are already like, when's the next chat? Yes, chat? totally. Mm-hmm. I already have ideas for who we're going to know. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I'll talk you know, to you. the community. <laughs> You're going to talk to me later? Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> Love to spitball some ideas with you. <laughs> so how else are you guys enmeshed in the community um, in other ways? And, like, what do you love about living and working in South Orange and Maplewood? I love that there's so much I love. I love that, well, personally, like, I can go outside and, like, a neighbor will come over and be like, here, you want some of my berries? (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, all I want from from my kids and from my family. Free berries. (laughs) Free berries. What? It was on your vision board. The universe has provided. I didn't even get my vision board. (laughs) Yeah, I love... I know as nerdy as this sounds, I love being able to work at the library. So when I lived in Brooklyn, I felt like I couldn't like concentrate. There was so much going on, and I would go yeah. to cafes, and then I would feel like I had to buy a full meal, and I couldn't afford that. So I love that there's just, like, everything feels very accessible. Yeah. Um, there's so many resources here. There really are. And, like, I feel more active politically than I ever did in Brooklyn, which sounds silly, but... Like, no. I just have an awareness here. In Brooklyn, yeah. I felt like I just didn't know where to start. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, should I start with the crosswalk that seems to be? <laughs> <laughs> we lived on a corner that, was, that we called. The crosswalk that seems to be killing people. Unclear if it's actually killing people. Was, there were some bodies on the ground. We had five people. We called the dead man's corner. Oh five people gosh. that died on our corner. Yes. That's that's a like, lot that's of people. Terrifying. I know. So we had. So save me, Maplewood. <laughs> yeah. So now we live on a safe street. Um, well, not only watch that, it, be like a dead body when I get yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> but not only that, but I mean, you could see Greg or Dean or right. you know Nancy, who am I naming by their first name? Right. Like Vic lives around the corner from me. Yeah. You know, Frank. Everyone I taught, knows each other pretty much. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Gary, the UPS guy. I mean, have we mentioned <laughs> Gary? Gary knows, but, like, if he's going to go fast, he's not going to go fast on my street. So just letting you know that I just named all the guys and ladies on the township committee. So that's all. <laughs> Family show. Family show. They just Another took job. a nap. <laughs> but it's so cool that you can literally get so involved with politics and you know, associations, and there are so many. Mm-hmm. We won't get into the discussion of face group, Facebook groups. There may be, maybe, maybe. There's maybe. some splinter, yeah. There's some interesting groups, but you can get so involved here, so I totally yeah. get what you mean. And I guess there's a certain, I don't know how to say, like, it feels like, like, people want, they'll make it clear if they don't want to collaborate, but, like, I don't feel scared to reach out to somebody and say, like, you know, Benny, like, Benny, you're really good at producing, and we would like to have this relationship with you. And I guess maybe it's just me getting old, but I guess I used to feel like, oh, people want to have their own space. Like, everybody wants to do their own thing. Well, there's no harm in, a- in reaching out and being like, yeah. And I don't know, the suburbs do, maybe, because we I all pee it's... in the same pool. Yeah. <laughs> we all do all pee in the Maplewood pool. We do. We just admitted that. Yep. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's so many, I've gotten so many yeses from people mm-hmm. that I don't feel afraid to ask anymore because even right. that no is like, I just can't do it right. Nobody says no. People say, just just got a full plate right now, you yeah. know? <laughs> but check back with me in a couple months when I'm done with these projects. Right. People yeah. don't even give you a hard no. I've really rarely had that. 
Like, when I moved here, I moved here knowing nobody. I mean, I, I moved here knowing that, like, a friend of a friend was going to live here n- near me. Mm-hmm. And then um, another friend of a friend said, like, oh, I think my other friends started a theater company out there. It was MDR, Midtown Direct. And um, so I reached out to Sandy Rustin, and she picked up her phone from Chicago and was like, I'm just making matzo balls with my mom. Can I call you back? And I was like, who does that? Who has this generous heart that says, like, I really want you to enjoy your time here in your new home. I just am, um, you know, thousands of miles away and can't. No, Chicago's not thousands. But you know what I'm We know about. what you're talking about. <laughs> so, it feels like Chicago's thousands right? of miles away, yes. you know? But that's so cool. No, I love that, too. Where do you guys like to hang out in Maplewood? The, you know, like a favorite space. It could be a business. It could be a, you know, I you mentioned the library. enjoy a good shrimp roll, which they just brought back at Cedar Ridge. Woo! We are really plugging Cedar Ridge yeah, on this podcast. I do. I Village Coffee I'm having an appreciation for. Um, Love their potatoes. Can I just say? Where else do I hang out? I Um, hang out at a lot of people's houses because my kids are little and we still do like lots of play dates. Do you want to name names? (laughs) Michelle, shout out to you. (laughs) Erica, you got a bouncy house. When's the invite? Um. I love I love some Abel Baker. I love the libraries. I have to say we yes. have great libraries, y'all. And they're up. They're like doing crazy, like nice renovations. Yeah. So it's gonna be and and yeah, so Phyllis at South Orange Library. She and I are close. Um, <laughs> Diane and Sarah at Maplewood Library. Oh, this is the best. The other day I left my so when I'm done. I haven't gone to the South Orange Library ever since they had the like, event probably like, two years ago. Oh jeez. <laughs> But it's done now. It's okay. It's it's gone. It's itchy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But but it's fine now. It's It's fine fine now. now. (laughs) Else is telling us. (laughs) The Melbourne Library is like swank, y'all. I've never been in. Okay. Gorgeous. Can I just make a confession right now to everybody? I go there because sometimes I just need to be focused and if I go anyplace else in town I'm like hi 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 well Danielle I don't know if you remember this but I was at the car repair place when you were there (laughs) and we actually had a conversation do you remember that I was getting Um, my car inspected you were getting your yeah we were chit-chatting I was actually like testing jokes on you and you another lady was there and you guys were laughing I'm gonna gonna do this next joke I roll (laughs) but I love that I mean I've taught over 400 kids in this district. Oh, so, wow. And I know their parents and some of their names I remember, like, no problem. Even wow. their parents. When I remember a parent's name, they just almost, they do, do th- they just are ecstatic and yeah, shocked because yeah. you remember my kid, okay, but you remember my name? <gasps> That's like, I have just awesome. weird memories. So, yeah, I see people so and much. And I know you because you're such a visible part of the community. Yeah, I try. And I and I think, sometimes I think I know people. Like, we know each other. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it could be past life. Yeah. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've seen you before. <laughs> well, guys, I just want to thank you for being my first guest. Yeah. yeah. And um, we're totally going to take a selfie and just do all that. Okay. Guys, check us out. On all the social media, and I'm gonna put a lot more information in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, having me, me having you, etc. We had each other. Yay! <laughs> right, guys, and we're out. Bye. 
The Sip and Soma podcast is sponsored by EveryoneLovesPiano.com. Check out EveryoneLovesPiano.com for all of your piano needs, like metronomes, sheet music, and electronic keyboards. Piano lovers can find fashion items, like jewelry and t-shirts, to proclaim your love of piano to the world. The website also supports musicians like Russell Olash, the composer of our energetic theme music. Click on everyonelovespiano.com and enter the I Love Piano Contest. One lucky winner will get a treble clef watch when you answer the question, why do you love piano? Thank you again to everyonelovespiano.com and Russell Olesh for sponsoring the Sip and Soma podcast. Hey guys, I hope you loved listening to my chat with Molly and Abby as much as I had a great time talking to them. I'm dropping this first episode and it's just in time to highlight a couple of fun things that I'm going to be doing this summer with my kids. I love that South Orange and Maplewood truly has incredible local musical talent and there are so many musical wonderful things happening this summer but two of the things i'm most excited about that are starting in july are the summer nights concerts in south orange you should definitely grab a picnic blanket grab your kids your family take a date go solo whatever you may want to do and watch an incredible concert in south orange and then coming very soon to maplewood new jersey is maple woodstock I've been enjoying going to this concert so many summers now, and now I get to bring my kids. It's truly an event for the whole entire family. Or again, bring whoever you want. There's amazing acts that come from near and far, and there's gonna be some special guests this summer that I will be interviewing, so stay tuned for that. Definitely make sure you put those on your calendar, and you can find links to the Summer Nights lineup and Maplewood Stock lineup in the show notes. So please check it out on sipinsoma.com. So I'm going to be bringing businesses to you every week and telling you about some cool places you should check out in our two towns. And the first place that I want to highlight is owned by my best friends, Paul Holtzman. It's Cedar Ridge Cafe and Bakery. It's a place where I actually love to connect, collaborate, and contribute. Cedar Ridge Cafe and Bakery is so much fun. There are so many wonderful people that work there and hang out there. And Paul has been an incredible friend to me throughout the years. So I really want to give him an extra special um, virtual hug through this podcast. When you go there, Paul, Michelle, and the whole entire crew are so welcoming and helpful. But the food is really amazing. When I ate a scone with Cher, it was the first time I put my phone down and enjoyed every bite in a really mindful way. They have tons of savory and sweet dishes that will just make your mouth so happy. And for those of you who are a vegetarian vegan, you can always find something to eat at Cedar Ridge. And lastly, I just have to say they are such the epitome of great businesses in this town because they always are giving back. And you can see highlighted at the front area where they have their beautiful baked goods. They're always showing that they're supporting or sponsoring a local organization or an organization that is really important to them. So definitely check them out and visit them at 410 Ridgewood Road in Maplewood. Or you can go on the web and find them on Instagram, Facebook. And of course, they have a website, Cedar Ridge Cafe and Bakery. Check them out. Thank you so much for listening today. It wouldn't be a great podcast if I didn't have a great audience. And I'd like to also thank all the people who helped make this first episode possible. 
Number one, let's thank our sponsor. Everyone loves Piano.com and composer Russell Olash, who composed our theme music. You can find him at www.everyonelovespiano.com. Thank you so much, Sharon Michaels, who has been an amazing brainstorming partner and helped me by giving me some awesome producing tips. Thank you, Alan Friedman. He is an incredible audio editor. You should definitely check him out at audiolifer.com. Abby, Sharon, Molly Reisner, special shout out to you guys for coming and visiting me in my office and doing a great interview with me. We cannot wait, and I say we as a collective, for your next show to come out. Thank you to all of you who are listening and doing me the hugest favor by checking me out at sipinsoma.com on Facebook and on Instagram. Please become a subscriber, and if you like this episode, share with your friends and maybe post a review wherever you're listening to your podcast. I love glows, grows, suggestions. Give it all to me. I'd love to engage with you and talk to you not only here, but online. Thank you so much. I hope that you're having a great day and I hope you tune in next time to hear another incredible interview with an amazing person from South Orange and Maplewood, New Jersey. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.